Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. The Houseman XP Podcast Network is taking you on the journey. Your host, Master Trainer Heath Hyatt, will combine his decades of experience as a houndsman and as a professional trainer that will light the path forward and make our packs lighter on this lifelong journey to become better hunters and houndsmen. There are no shortcuts, so lace up those boots and grab a dog leash. The journey begins now. On today's episode of The Journey, I get to sit down with Brad Luttrell, the co-founder and CEO of Go Wild. We talk about the similarities in our childhood, how the love for the outdoors and the lack of knowledge, and we talk about the lack of knowledge on the journey. That's what this is about. It's about passing on knowledge. It's about gaining knowledge. It's about becoming better hunters, better houndsmen. How that lack of knowledge inspired him for the idea of the Go Wild platform. We talk about his childhood in in Harlan, Kentucky. And guys, when you talk about the Appalachian area and the Appalachian region, when you say Harlan, Kentucky, that is the heart of Appalachia. I live on the outskirts of it compared to, to where Brad was raised. We go over the Go Wild app, and basically everything on the app allows you to gain points. And when you gain points, you gain discounts. And we also go over how we share our knowledge with other hunters. Um, how we can go into, we, we, log, we log time in the field, good or bad, um, and how to sp- spread that knowledge with others. And guys, you don't want to miss the ending. Brad talks about a big event in Louisville this summer. It's called the Send It Slam It event. And all the stuff that they've got going on with that event, it would be such a great weekend trip for your family. Um, and if you listen to the end, he'll tell you how to, to unlock the discounts for the tickets. Talks about the concert and all the people that's going to be doing the concert. It's just going to be a good time in Louisville, Kentucky in July. So sit back and let's enjoy this journey. Guys, on today's journey... I'm going to take a little trip down 460 west. We're going to travel up 77 north and go through all the toll roads that we hate paying for. And we're going to hit 64 west, right into the heart of Louisville, Kentucky. And today, we are with the co-founder and CEO of Go Wild. Brad, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, we, we're glad to have you on. We're excited. We're excited to be a part of the Go Wild family. Um, yeah, dude. You guys have been an awesome addition into this. Uh, for so long, I've 
I've had some early hounds guys uh, who, who've said, man, we got to get more on here and you guys have done it. It's been awesome seeing all, all these hounds been coming to the platform. Yeah. And I mean, there's such an array of, of hound hunters. I mean, you've got, of course, you've got your big game hunters and then you have your, your deer hunters and your coyote hunters and your beagle guys. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different things that take place with the hounds. Um, yeah. And, and I, I'm still learning uh, a lot of these new things too. There's some things that people have reached out about and, you know, we're pretty receptive on go out feedback. Uh, you, you guys probably saw, like we added the treat and free, um, uh, for bears, for example, when you log your trophy. Uh, so we're still learning a lot of the things that we can do better to serve this audience. But that's one of the fun things about go out is, is you get to be a part of, you know, adapting it. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's so, it, and it gets the guys, people involved when they, they have some input and they can make suggestions and, you know, you guys go in and tweak things and make it better. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great thing. Like I said, I have been, you know, I've been using the app for uh, probably a month, month and a half now. Well, yeah, since spring turkey season come in. So early April, so two months and mm -hmm. I'm still learning. Um, and today, like I said, hopefully we can go over some of that thing, some of that stuff today and you can, you can help us help me help our listeners be able to navigate the app and everything. But first, I kind of want to go back to, you know, I, I know you're from Cumberland Gap, which Darius Rucker made famous in his song, if people don't know where it's at, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Wagon Wheel. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about, you know, your childhood growing up, your love for the outdoors, because, you know, we're all all doing stuff in the outdoors, no matter what it is. So I have to I have to uh, put an asterisk on my, my Cumberland Gap intro. Uh, I I did grow up in the Cumberland Gap, but on the Kentucky side. I did not uh, was not uh, in Cumberland Gap, Tennessee. But I grew up in the most southeastern corner of Kentucky, and my parents' house where I grew up, which they still live there, is a, about half a mile as a crow flies from Tennessee. So um, you know we can be in the Cumberland Gap in six minutes by car. Um, I was born in Harlan County, grew up in Appalachia, and, and love Appalachia. Still going back. I uh, got family there. Um, but, yeah, man, so what, what – yeah, I'm sorry. I got all excited about clarifying my Cumberland Gap, and now I'm excited <laughs> about talking about where I'm from. What was the question was how did we get started? Well, you know, just tell us a little bit, you know, what, what brought you into the outdoors? I mean, I'm, and, you know, I've been through Harlan County. I know where I – mean, I've been through there. I know where you're at. And, uh, man, it's pretty straight up and down in a bunch of mining, mining fields, isn't it? Yeah, um, and, and, you know, my family's been there um, for about 150 years as far as I know. So we've, we've been through the coal mining strikes. My family um, was very involved in the strikes that made the county famous for Bloody Harlan. <laughs> yep. uh, my great-grandparents were, you know, orchestrating a lot of that. Um, and then my grandfather was in on the, the um, I think it was in the early 70s, the strikes that there's a documentary made on. Uh, Harlan County, USA. That was a famous documentary at the time. And, you know, I, I used to love watching that film with my grandfather uh, because he he would tell me, you know, oh, that's your Uncle Clyde and he's holding my shotgun or that's so-and-so that's getting the bath in the sink. Uh, you know, he was there for the whole making of that film, um, you know, watching these documentaries uh, or documentary makers, uh, you know, kind of capture everything. So I grew up in that environment as you said it's it's mountainous you know the old uh uh daryl scott song that has been covered by brad paisley you know talks about the sun comes up at about 10 in the morning and goes down at three yep. that's because you live in the holler you know and people don't think of 
um, uh, hollow. You know, they don't know what that means, but it's essentially that you're you're in almost like a drainage, what they would call out west. You know, and and a lot of eastern Kentucky, that's where these little uh, towns uh, are, or or camps, as a lot of people call them, where I'm from, because they they were coal camps originally. So, you know, growing up there, I was very interested in the outdoors, obviously. You know, we, we fished a lot, bank fished a lot, cane pole fished, um, did a lot of uh, small game hunting. You know, I was, my dad was really, I uh, grew up loving the squirrel hunt. And that, that was my version of hunting growing up. I didn't whitetail hunt or anything, which is actually pretty critical to the story of Go Wild that I didn't. Um, but, you know, I loved off-roading. I've, you know, all growing up, my grandfather would buy me four-wheelers that he had found on the side of the road for sale or something, and he'd bring home some, you know, beater four-wheeler that I would ride and crash into everything that you can imagine. Um, and so, you know, camping and all this stuff was really near and dear to my heart. And <clears throat> with the, you know, I went off to college, and I didn't do as much of this stuff. We camped some, but um, I didn't really hunt in college. Uh, shot firearms a little bit, but uh, and fished a little bit when I would go back home, but, you know, for the most part, doing the college thing, having that experience, and, um, you know, once I graduated, I moved to Memphis, and then I ended up moving to Louisville shortly afterwards. I wasn't really a fan of Memphis, and then um, started going back home, and when I started going back home, I started to get into deer hunting, and uh, it's just very challenging and different than anything else I had done, and I, I, my dad didn't do it. He didn't know anything about it, so I was really on my own, trying to find my way and navigate through that. And this is the reason I bring this up because, again, this is kind of the kickoff to founding Go Wild was, you know, I thought I was outdoorsy, but when I started trying to learn this totally new thing, you know, I'd read articles on outdoor life or, or whatever, and, you know, you buy the magazines at the, the store because it's 2014, right? Like the YouTube hunting content was not what it is today. And, and, you know, I get frustrated because I'd read something and I'm like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Like, the, you know, my example, I would give to people just to help a deer hunter understand, like, you know, play the wind. That That is so obvious to a mature deer hunter what that means. But, you know, when, when you don't know anything about deer hunting, you're like, well, what does that mean? Should should the wind be blowing to my face? Should it be a crosswind? Should it, you know, should it be, be from behind me? Because uh, the deer are going to come. Like, you don't know anything like that. Like, it's it's just like going waterfowl hunting for the first time. You know, a first-time waterfowler would have no idea how to set up on the water or where's a good spot because they don't understand how the birds use the wind to land or to take flight, you know. And and all of this stuff, uh, you know, somebody that grew up around parents or grandparents teaching them this stuff, it almost feels innate. But when you start something for the first time, uh, you have to learn this base level of knowledge that is mostly uncovered in, in most content. Um there's been some groups come along like the hunting public that have blown up on YouTube. And, you know, those guys do a pretty good job of covering some of this. Bo Martonic up in Pennsylvania does a fantastic job of trying to cover, you know, the really basics of, of deer hunting. And I think we've seen a really good movement to, to cover some of that. But at the ground floor, when in 2016, when I had the idea for the app, this stuff didn't exist, man. YouTube was not what it is today. I know it doesn't seem that long ago, but most of these big time players like the born and raised guys, the, the uh, hunting public, you know, whoever, who, uh, the seek one guys, none of them were really going to come around to blow up for a few more years, right? It'd be years away before they would really start to come on the scene. Meat Eater was still in its first like 50 episodes at this time. It was not what, it, uh, as a podcast, it was not a Netflix original yet. Um, you know, so the, the, the content that was out there for digesting was not what it is. So my, my thought was, 
if I could build a platform that I could get to locals, right? Like that's the challenge is finding locals because I would spend time on forums and, you know, I'm reading about deer hunting in Texas and it's like, well, we don't have cactus. So this, this advice on how to get deer out of cactus is irrelevant to me. And, and so like, I wanted to be able to get to Kentucky hunters. And so that's really where a lot of the idea and concept came from, from founding the platform was to, you know, help people. I was like, I can't be the only person that wants to get better at something like this. So, you know, right now, if you got into hound hunting, like we're, you know, you, you could start with podcasts, but if you don't even know what podcasts to find, it's challenging, right? There's a lot of stuff you guys know that you have to learn along the way. Yeah. The, and you know, I'm, I'm like, you're right. I mean, years, five, six years ago, the YouTube's not what it is now. And the podcast platform, you know, I love to learn. That's part of this, you know, part of this podcast and the journey. I love to learn. And I'm, there's always things that you can pick up from different people in different areas. And, um, you know, I started listening to podcasts a couple of years ago, didn't know anything about them. And now I would say my drive time in my car, which, you know, I'm, I'm in my car 12 hours a day at work. And, you know, I would say 60 to 70% of my time is listening to podcasts. And yep. uh, that's, it's easy for me because my phone Bluetooth into my car, I can hit it on speaker and I can listen to it. Uh, I can still listen to my radios and everything else that's going off. But yes, it's a, it's a good platform, and I think that there's a lot of stuff out there for people to digest if they want to take the time to do it. So yeah, yep. and I'm and I and I when you was talking about you know Harlan and that to me like I, I live in the Appalachian Mountains too. You know I'm I grew up well just like you said a stone's throw away from the West Virginia line. Like I could climb the mountain across from my house and be setting in West Virginia. Like I could literally do yeah. that. And, you know, but when I, when you talk about the area that you were raised, that is, that is the heart of Appalachia. Like mm -hmm. to me, I'm in the Appalachian mountains, but you were raised in, you know, that's what, that's what I see when people say Appalachian, it's down in the hollers, you know, it's where the sun only comes up for four or five hours a day. And I know what you're talking about because I literally was raised kind of in the same type of environment, <laughs> you know, you, you yeah, I mean, people, especially dude, pre-internet, I mean, growing up there was so different than even it is now. I mean, now news travels a lot faster, but um, you know, we uh, did not have exposure to pop culture and music in the same way. You know, you didn't have a lot of radio stations that like you, you can access now with the Internet and streaming because the mountains, you know, it's not like there was a big metro uh, metro area that was pumping radio stations into Appalachia. I grew up two and a half hours from the interstate, you know, mm -hmm. um, it would literally take two and a half hours to get to an interstate. People, you know, today that like, you're never that like 70% of the population will never know what that's like. I think 70% of the population lives in cities now. Mm -hmm. um, they'll, they'll never be two hours from the interstate. You know, you go to Yellowstone and now that's like the touristy way to you're, you're talking about your trip. Like that's how people will experience that. But, dude, Appalachia is so remote. I mean, you know, a lot of people are shopping at uh, convenience stores at a gas station because it's the only food near them for, you know, mm -hmm. 15 miles, which a 15-mile drive in Appalachia could take you an hour. <laughs> so, yeah, you know? they, they've not had to come around those switchbacks and around those mountains and coming up out of yeah. places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you're, you're talking about your childhood, too. You know, I, like I said, I was raised in almost, you know, same type of environment you, you were in, you know, 
we hunted and fished because there was nothing else to do, you know, and I'm sure where you grew up, I mean, there wasn't arcades and theaters and bowling alleys and skating rings. We had to drive an hour and a half to get to those things if there was any that close. So we spent our, and you know, we didn't have money either. You know, I'm, there's, I'm the oldest of five in my family. We, we spent our times in the outdoors. That's how we passed the time. The parents kicked you out at eight o'clock in the morning, told you don't come back until dark. Yeah, so, I mean that was like a night, nightly ritual for me getting ticks picked out of my head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. And you know something that uh, you know maybe the listeners don't know about me. You know, I do. Look, I mean, the hounds are my life. Uh, dogs are my life. Um, you know, I do it at work and I do it when I'm at home. But I also have a couple other hobbies that I really, really enjoy. Um, you know, when you and I talked about it briefly just a little while ago, I love to fish. Um, I have a river boat, a jet boat that I, I'm on the river a lot. I, I love to, to fish for muskies. Um, They're super, super hard to catch. And I like the challenge. I mean, I love the challenge. Um, I'll bass fish when the muskies are spawning. Um, and I... And, and sometimes in the summertime when the, when the water gets too hot, once the water gets over that 78 degrees, we try not to pursue the muskies too much because the water temperature is hot and they exert so much energy fighting that a lot of times they'll, you know, they'll perish after you release them back into the water. So we, we you know, we're, I'm very cautious about how I do that. I love to trout fish in the spring and the fall, but the fall time usually is tied up from chasing dogs. And I love to spring turkey hunt. Um... You know, I, lo- I love chasing turkeys. It's like a chess match, and I lose more so than I ever win, but I love, I love, I just love being outdoors. Um, and that's the thing that I really like about your app, the Go Wild platform, is it allows me to do all those things. And yep. a lot of the hounds guys, this will resonate with some of you guys. Like our season here in Virginia is very short. Um, we have training season will come in the 1st of August. And it'll last until the last Saturday in September. And they do they did put in the three early days that we can hunt now. So we get three extra days there, and then we have the youth day. And then we come it comes in the first the the first Monday after our rifle season goes out, which is usually the last Monday in November, the first Monday in December, however the the, the calendar works. And we have five weeks. Um, but during those five weeks to hunt, what people don't realize is depending on the food source, depending on the weather is the first two weeks or, you know, usually the first week you're trying to get your dogs back in a little bit of shape that you lost from September. And you're trying to, to, you know, the hunting pressures come in because, you know, the deer hunters come in. So you're trying to find the bear. So it takes a couple of days to, to adjust. And then you have a week or two, but by Christmas, and the first of the year, our season gets really hard. The bear have most of them have laid the sows have usually laid up unless there's a really good food crop and the and the and the weather is mild. Um, so even though I have five weeks to hunt, I have about two and a half to three really good weeks, and then the rest of it's hit or miss. Um, so our our season in Virginia is really short. I do travel. Um, I go to the coast and hunt a couple days here and there. I have some really good friends of mine in New York that I'll go up and spend, you know, three of, I try to take a long weekend and go Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and hunt. But that's just a couple days here and there. So you add the couple, the the days that I travel to the coast or up north, 
Um, I'm probably gaining a week or two, maybe two weeks of hunting season, but I'm, that's the days that I'm missing actually here in Virginia when season's open because of the weather or work or whatever. So that's why I, I like to do the other things. Um, I like being in the outdoors and because of our laws and restrictions, I can't, I mean, I just can't have my, my hounds out on national forest in the middle of summer. I just can't do it. Um, so yeah, that's something about me that maybe, maybe our listeners don't know about me that I love, I mean, dogs are my life and I prefer those over everything, but at the same time, uh, I, I do a lot of other things outdoors. Um, I'm, I'm outdoors 80% of my time. It's either sleeping, working or outdoors. So, all right. So tell us about your deer. Tell us about how that got you started. You said that was kind of the the backbone of how this took off. Hey folks, do you like free stuff? Well, pardon this interruption in this great interview. I'm interrupting Heath's show here, I know, but he did give me a good opportunity because there was a break in the recording at this point. So we are partnering with Go Wild to give away a Dakota 283 G3 medium kennel. You can check out what that is on the Go Wild platform in the app go to the shop and there's a picture of one right there in the shopping app and you can see it if you haven't downloaded the app yet you're going to need to do it in order to win this g3 medium kennel so here's how it shakes out when you download the app you're going to set up an account and then you're going to listen to the podcast the houndsman xp podcast and you are going to log your time on the app in the social media platform as listening to the Houndsman XP podcast. Go Wild is going to collect all that data, how many how many times you've posted, how many times you've listened, and every time you listen, your name goes in the hat for the drawing of the Dakota 283 G3 medium kennel. July 1st, we are drawing this kennel. So you have a few weeks to log several episodes between now and the time you listen you're going to have 12 opportunities to be entered into this drawing because we are doing three shows a week every time you listen you log the time go wild harvest the data and every time you listen your name goes in the hat it's pretty easy and we're happy to be giving away and partnering with go wild to give away this dakota 283 kennel it's going to be shipped straight to your house isn't going to cost you anything. All you got to do is listen, log your time. Let's get back to the interview with Brad and Heath. Learning to deer, I think people that have done it since birth practically don't understand how, how much they know. And so coming into it cold was really hard. Uh, you know, an example would be like, imagine trying to become a French chef and having no experience cooking, right? Like if you go from eating like you know, your drive through meals to you have to prepare gourmet cuisine and you got to do it in six months because that's when the season starts. That's the kind of things like that's kind of what it's like. And I was reading, you know, I'm reading these forums and the environments are so different. You know, the, I've hunted in Texas and it was like a culture shock. I might as well have gone to another country, which we forget, you know, because we're Americans and we're egocentric, right? Like we forget that the the size of our country, mm-hmm. you would travel through like 10 countries to cross the United States. It is so diverse. You know, where you're going to in Yellowstone is, is like even in that park, you know, you have so many different types of environments. You know, you, you hunt, if you hunt in Texas versus Kentucky, 
versus Nebraska, all three of those um, are going to be incredibly different scenarios for the same species. You know, you, you I would have no idea how to approach or wouldn't have if I hadn't hunted with a guide in Texas. I wouldn't have known how to pull deer out of, uh, out of cactus, right? Like I totally had a different appreciation for feeders after hunting in Texas. I was like, oh my God, yeah, I get it. Like I get it why you guys are doing this. Um, and in, in Appalachia, you know, a lot of uh, you're, you're hunting tight ravines, you're hunting in thick brush. I mean, I've hunted some public land stuff, dude, where you got like 10 yard windows um, because you get into all these magnolia trees and all this crazy stuff. And, um, you know, the, the wind moves differently through, through these mountains and, you know, being able to predict that is tough. Uh, you're trying to learn from the Western guys who talk a lot about benches and saddles. Like, I think some of that applies in Appalachia, but the whole thing is just, um, trying to apply the things you would hear on podcasts there didn't always convert very well. So I had this desire to find locals to get that advice. So the other thing that happened, and I think it's important to mention this too, 2016, again, I know it doesn't seem that far away, but, uh, it was a different animal. It was really a pivotal time in social media because a couple things were going on. You had the Trump Hillary election. And that really, just like 2020 did again, sent people into a complete tizzy uh, of, of combating. And, and that was really, to me, the, like the, the, the year that uh, we, we just kind of started to hate everyone on social media. And it was happening a lot to hunters. And, you know, in 2014, I think I had posted a deer and, um, you know, kind of been harassed by uh, one, of, one of, actually, the, uh, one of my bosses. Uh, like, oh, do you feel like a man now? And so in 2016, I was scouting for uh, a deer on the property I was going to hunt. I had a 35-acre property I'd gotten access to in eastern Kentucky and was, uh, you know, setting up cameras, doing the whole thing. And I got to thinking about it. I was like, man, I don't even know if I get a deer this year. If I don't even want to post it on Facebook, it's gotten so nasty. And just thinking that kind of made me think of like, wow, what a shame that you can love something so much but not be able to talk about it, right? Like yep. you guys get this on the housing side because you all get trolled like nobody's business. Um, people really misunderstand what you guys do. And I, I got to thinking about it. I'm like, there should be a place where you could go and everybody gets it, right? Like, I, I want to be able to talk about this with context uh, without having to provide the context to other hunters or to other people on the platform. And so that thought, combined with the fact that really a powerful tool to be able to connect with locals is what started the concept of Go Wild. I remember in the exact spot I was standing in that field when it all hit me. It was August. I was hanging trail cameras. Uh, or like checking on, I didn't have a cell cam at that point. And even if I did, there was no cell service. So it wouldn't have mattered um, that, you know, I was going to get camera cards and I remember coming down the hill, uh, sweating my butt off cause it was August in Eastern Kentucky and super muggy mm-hmm. and uh, standing there and had this realization of like, dude, this is crazy. How can, how is this, you know, how it is. So I went home. I remember driving like literally by the time I got home after thinking about it a, a little bit, I started researching and, you know, if you're going to build a business, the first thing you want to do is make sure there's a market for it, right? And I had never thought of the hunting industry as a market. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, again, this goes back to, like, how much things have changed since 2017, 2018, when, like, all, all these big influencers started showing up. Um, people didn't think about getting sponsored in the same way they do now, right? Because they didn't feel accessible. You had to get, to get sponsored, you had to go out and spend a quarter of a million dollars making a hunting show and buy airtime on the Outdoor Channel, and, you know, it was like inaccessible, but now it feels accessible because it feels like anybody can go viral on YouTube and, and get famous. And that's not really how it works. But, um, you know, at that time, uh, I wanted to make sure 
that there was a viable market out there. Again, I just liked to hunt. I never thought about the hunting industry. So I started looking into that and it was like, oh my gosh, you know, the hound guys get it because you all spend a ton of money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, it's a very you, expensive sport. <laughs> yeah, you got you guys you guys are up there, I'm sure, on uh the the uh, hunters who spend the most. But the uh I started looking into it and I'm like, oh my gosh, not only is this viable, I can't believe that there's not been a successful company that's done it yet. Now I'll quickly say that I did find competitors. We did not invent hunting social media or fishing social media. Um, but what I saw that was out there was not good, man. I was in advertising. I was doing, um, I was a creative director working on accounts, building, you know, quarter million dollar websites and doing uh, a lot of branding and digital advertising, um, working with, you know, pretty, pretty sizable budgets for, for the Midwest. And, uh, I had enough of a skill set in building digital products that I said I can do better than that. And I'd never built an app before, but I knew I could put the team together to do it. So I started putting the team together. Uh, two of the guys I had worked with before, one of them actually was working for me at the agency. He was on my, my creative team uh, that I, I led. And then uh, he was a good friend of mine. So, you know, he kind of jumped on board first, Donovan and Zach. And then we found Chris and uh, by December, I basically, I did from uh, idea in August to uh, Thanksgiving is how long it took me to put together the founding team. Uh, you noticed when we met, I, you called me a founder and I said, no, I'm a co-founder because I couldn't have got this off the ground with these, without these guys. Um, I never would have been able to do it. Um, I don't know how to do what they do, uh, you know, and they need me to be able to do what I do. So we make a great team. And we honestly, man, with $500, some pizzas and beers in my basement, built this company. Um, you know, they, uh, we, we worked at night. Uh, people don't, I don't think anybody that's not done it can't, you'll never be able to appreciate it until you try to get to make something out of nothing. Uh, you know, you and Chris know what it's like to build a podcast audience out of nothing. You know, this doesn't just happen on its own. And that's where I think I kind of mentioned it a minute ago. I think people think they can just become famous with one, one video. It's not how it works, man. You might go viral on TikTok once, but do it again, you know, try to replicate it. And, um, building a business is very much like that. So, you know, we had to grind it out. There was a lot of times I'd put my son to bed. My wife works night shift and I would work from 8 PM until, uh, 1 AM. I'd get up at 5 AM and try to put three hours in before I went to work. And then I would take lunch calls off or go wild. And we did that for 18 months before we went full-time with it. Uh, we, we launched the app in a, what's called a beta version, which is kind of like a, a test version for the public in 2017. And I went full-time in 2018. And by the end of 2018, all the founders were full-time. And we had hired our first employee, and we've been full speed ever since. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's, I, mean I, I understand the, the business part of it. And I can, I know the work that, that you've put into it, um, and how to keep things going and keep it successful. It's not an easy task for anybody. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny cause a lot of people join and, uh, you know, we used to be an advertising model where we knew that you liked to deer hunt. So we're going to serve you ads for deer hunting products. Like it was very cut and dried, right? There's nothing creepy about it. Like with a lot of these, like Facebook is the ultimate creepy platform because your wife looks at shoes on her computer and now you're being targeted through IP targeting. And it's like yep. trying to get you to buy the shoes that she looked at. Right. And it's like, wow, are they listening to me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody gets creeped out by that stuff. It is creepy, dude. I've read all the books on, on this <laughs> stuff and uh, we, we didn't do anything like that. It was very cut and dry. We didn't, we didn't steal the data from anybody else. 
It was, hey, we, we know this guy likes to bass fish, so we're going to advertise bass fishing stuff to him. Well, the model, you know, people would sometimes complain and say, well, I don't think there should be ads here. And, and it's like, look, man, you know, we're running a business that costs a lot of money to run a year. These servers cost money. These developers who build the app you love cost money. So we got to monetize it some way. And I never liked the, uh, the bad model was fine because I knew who advertising well. But I, I never like wanted to expand. I was always really an advocate for not having too many ads. I didn't want to have a, a feed full of ads. And so in 2020, you know, all, of all the madness that was going on, it became a really bad year for advertising. You know, the outdoor industry got flipped on its head. All of a sudden, you had 30% more people fishing. You had 15% more people hunting um, at a minimum. And then the industry had 20% less product or 40% less product because of the supply chain got decimated then and it's still being decimated because of a result of COVID. And so all of a sudden advertisers couldn't advertise with us. So we flipped the whole business model in 2020 and we actually are a retailer now. You know, you've seen our shop. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of you guys are buying the Garmin stuff through us. We can talk about that in a minute. Yes, but what I love yeah. about this is, you know, the, the platform now makes sense. It's right. Like we are able to provide this service that we do as a social media company because people are choosing to buy through us instead of Bass Pro or Amazon. They're getting their products through us. And then we are able to donate 1% of those profits back into camps like Raising My Doors. Raising My Doors is a nonprofit camp that teaches kids to hunt, fish, and shoot. And so, you know, really trying to make it a platform where you can feel good about sharing and being engaged. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to touch on something you said just a few minutes ago about, you know, the, the anti-world or the not understanding, however you want to put it, you know, they do come after hunters and, um, hounds are a huge target. And if you know some of the laws that they're trying to pass throughout some of these States where, you know, our dogs are outside and they're trying to make it where, you know, if, if it's 32 degrees, you don't, I, I, I mean, I've got 14 dogs at my house. I'm not bringing 14 dogs inside my house. Like, you know, right. that's, that's not an option, but you know, I do think it's very important. And I know you had talked about this before, on how we represent ourselves. And when we do post stuff on these social media platforms, that we do it in the best taste that we can. Yep. Um, yep. I know you had talked about that and, you know, staging, you know, staging your stuff, putting it, making it, cleaning it up. Don't leave it laying in, you know, the pool of blood. And uh, just like you talked, the guides in Africa do, you know, we, we need to take pride in what we're doing and we have to be accountable and responsible for how we we throw this stuff out there and i i hope the the listeners um will will step back and say yep i can do better right there and I, myself included um i don't post a lot of stuff on social media because of that i i don't i don't want them attacking me i don't want them attacking what i do and i don't want to give them any fuel for the fire so yep. your your platform allows us hunters and outdoorsmen no matter what game we choose to pursue it gives us a platform to be able to be proud of that deer like you said that you killed and you know if you take a trophy bear or you know a, a, a mature spring gobbler um and and the fit you know i posted some trout i caught i caught my limb of brook trout and posted on there so your platform gives us an opportunity to be proud of what we do without being attacked yep and and, I, and the thing Real quick, if I can just add something to that, you know, I, um, I've taken some flack in the past because people think I'm anti-Griffin grin and I'm not, 
I am pro share everything else that you do. Hunters are notoriously terrible for not telling the whole story. Um, you know, I, I, for example, a deer hunters will often not post a damn thing until deer season has a dead deer on the ground. And that's the only thing people see. So when that's the only part of our story we tell, we can't really be mad when people call us murderers who, who are bloodthirsty and, you know, only care about mur uh, or death, right? Like, yeah, that's the, literally the only thing you've posted about hunting was a dead animal. So what do you think they're going to think, right? Um, but if you talk about you know, all of the, the, how, you know, post about you just bought your hunting tags and you're proud that you just funded a biologist to be able to study wildlife in your state, you know, post about the food that you got from that deer or that turkey or how you fed your kids and how your kids got to learn about, uh, you know, this animal that, that you took and you talked about how they used the spurs uh, to fight in the spring and, and like whatever it is, you know, to be able to educate your kids to talk about how, uh, you know, being out in nature gives you a chance to put your phone down and take those pretty scenery photos and actually share those. There's so many opportunities for this stuff that we just don't do very well. And literally by design, I mean, um, you know, the, the foundation of you've probably seen the time logs on Go Wild. Mm -hmm. A lot of the goal out of the time log was to get people to learn to tell the rest of the story, you know, to, to share the hunting prep and the scouting and uh, the times that you go hunting and didn't come back with anything. Cause I don't know about you, man, but I, on a good deer season, I'll get out 20 plus times and that's not full days. A lot of times that's three or four hour sits. Um, you know, I'll, I'll usually once October, late October to through November, I'll start doing some full day sits, but 20 plus times and I'm successful one of those times. So, you know, that is fractional of uh, my hunting experience is mostly not killing stuff. So, you know, we have to do a better job of telling the whole story. Yeah, I'm I'm with you and and you bring up such good I mean, you there's so many good points that you're bringing up that you know, I used to I used to I mean, I was an avid deer hunter. I used to love to bow hunt. That was my thing. Um and then when I got into the hounds, that switched because I couldn't hunt all night cuz I was coon hunting, competition coon hunting, running the Perina circuit, doing things like that and I couldn't I couldn't do both and do it both successfully. So I had to give up one. So I give up the, the bow hunting and deer hunting pretty much. But now, and it's kind of funny you say that, probably it was probably about 2016. I'd kill a deer here and there um, throughout those years from the early 2000s until then. But in 2016, I decided that I was going to start um, killing some deer to... Um, feed the family to cut back yeah. on the grocery bill. So the, our, you know, the kids know that when we take an animal, we take it to provide for ourselves. That's it. Nothing less, nothing more. We don't overtake. We don't, I don't go, I don't trophy hunt like I used to. Um, I'm more about, you know, putting, putting food in the freezer and having enough food to feed, feed us through the coming year. Yep. Um, now I'm not going to say I would pass up a big buck and I, ha and last year I found a really nice deer that I pursued, but I didn't get him. And I feel like yeah. you're right. We should, we should tell those stories, you know, um, just like the hound hunting. I mean, guys just don't, I mean, I've got a couple good friends of mine that absolutely despise what I do with the hounds. Mm -hmm. I have begged them to come with me, put your boots on, Let's go. And they won't. They just see the dogs 
barking at the bear up a tree. And that's, yeah. that's not it at all. I mean, again, the, the, the miles, the gas money that I'm spending traveling to and from my dog food bill per year runs me about $2,200. That don't, yeah. I don't set that bow up on the shelf and not have to worry about it until October. I don't, you know, the vet bills, the flea and tick met, you know, you talked about ticks. I mean, that's the Lyme's disease is huge in my area. And, you know, I'm spending quite a bit of money on um, preventative. You know, it's it's a never-ending thing. And a lot of people don't know that. Like you said, we're not educating them. We're just showing them the end result for that, like I said, that one successful day. And we're not giving them the whole picture. And we, as hunters, all types of hunters should do better than that. Yep. I agree. So um, you brought up about um, the timeline. So that's why we got you on here. We want to educate our listeners and me too, because I don't. I'm still messing with the. Um, I'm still messing with the app and trying to learn it myself. So uh, you take a few minutes and walk us through to sign it. All right. So I've signed up for the app, and you can give us all that information. And guys, if you go to the bottom of the show notes that will be posted with this. You can click on the link and it takes you directly to go wild. So there's your first step show notes, click on the link and then we're there. So, so Brad, now what do we do? Yeah. So I'm going to walk you through as if they're downloading the app. We do have a website where you can go and log in. Um, it's a little more limited, you know, with a, with an app, we're able to put pack in a little bit more functionality right now. Um, so let's just say that everybody should download the app. And when you onboard on the go wild, you're going to get asked, like, what do you like to do? Mm-hmm. And those, those topics you're picking are actually forums. So we decided up front, we we're going to build a forum based app, not a friend based app, a friend based apps like Facebook. You have to go in and build up your network for it to be valuable for a, a platform like ours. You can actually get value out of um you know the the community without having to build a following you can post into hound hunting and connect with other houndsmen with without having to have a following so you can get instantaneous value out of go wild and you can ask questions and go out and the app will actually help you connect with the right people and so first thing first just take your time and make sure you're picking the topics you really enjoy but i'm also going to tell you how to update that if you want to see what you're following or what you're not so yeah. we're going to assume you've created an account now um you know you do get a ten dollar gift card right now uh when you sign up so all the more reasons to go and sign up for for the app um that'll be loaded onto your account uh so when you get there you're going to see a menu at the bottom yep there's your home I, screen I, yep i've got home trail mix post and shop is where it's on yep. mine so I'll walk through what each of these do. The first, we'll start in the middle, actually, with trail mix. So okay. I'm this is your feed of everything that that you're looking at, like everything you've decided to follow. As you scroll through, the app is pulling in content that it thinks you would be interested in based off of the fact that you follow these topics. Um, now, as you know, we have an algorithm that runs that's basically guessing at what it thinks you would like. Um, but if you wanted to, once you've been on there a while, you can actually just see your friend's content. So if you wanted to dive into your buddies or you want to see your, you know, the houndsman alone, you can actually do that. So you tap trail mix at the very top mm-hmm. and then you can scroll down and there's a, there's part of it that says my trails and part of it says all trails. So the, my trails are what you're following and you can tap any of those and you'll, you'll go into 
just those types of posts, right? So this is again a forum of posts. Yep. So when I when I clicked on Trail Mix, it come up to the top, and then I clicked on it, and then it says navigate, and it has Trail Mix. It has my trails in blue, which is that's the page I'm on, and then it has all trails, um, which is a page I'm not on yet. And it's got my first thing that pops up says Trail Mix, and then Buddy's content, and then I've got recently visited trails that says Hound Houndsman. Yep. And so when you go to all trails, you'll see what you follow and don't follow. Um, and you can scroll down. Like I follow everything. Actually, I just found out I wasn't following muzzleloaders. Um, but I mean, I'm now cause I like to follow everything. Um, but you can go in and customize your feed. So if you don't want to see anything about, you know, uh, reptiles, which is where people are going to post about their alligators or whatever, you can unfollow that. Or, you know, there's some things that are more of the fringe. It's not necessarily directly hunting fish. It's things that we've noticed that our audience likes. Like we have a snow sports uh, we have state and national parks. We have, um, you know, tactical and trapping uh, or uh, trap uh, trap shooting. And so there's other topics that are maybe not directly related to strictly hunt fish. You know, we even have a music because we we were a lot of people sharing about music that they enjoyed. And so we created that that forum, and it's popular now. Now uh, we have a military life, and and you know, so so there's. Other things that people, we try to think of ourselves as a platform for outdoorsmen and women, not necessarily a platform just for outdoors content. You know, there, there are things in, in like foraging um, or cooking that are very related to mm -hmm. uh, the, the audience, but not necessarily in there. So anyways, the, the, if you want to go back to your trail mix, just hit my trails again and you, you go tap trail mix or you can tap buddies there at the top. And that's all the, all of the people that you're following. Yep. Um, so that's your trail mix. Actually, one thing I'll mention on the trail mix, uh, that up at the top, you'll also see a search button. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that's obvious that people figure that out, but the, the radar the button radar. at the top is yep. you're, you're near me. So your near me feature, you can go into the houndsman and hit near me and you're going to find everybody within, I think it's like 150 miles or your state. So it, if you go into houndsman where we have 125,000 people following houndsman, you know, you'll be able to connect with people who are in your area. So when I hit near me right now, I've got Tony Collins in Tennessee. I've got Eric Bowling in Kentucky. I've got Chris Powell in Indiana. So these are all people that have recently posted into Houndsman who are in my area. So I can connect with people that, that are like me in my area. It's really cool. Yeah, when I hit near me, the only person that's popping up, and I'm scrolling down through here, is a guy by the name of Kendall Wayne. Uh, mm -hmm. Wayne, Wayne, W W y-n-n-e from virginia and he's got several posts but that's the closest so you're, you're telling me that there's nobody is within 150 miles of me except except kendall or nobody's on well, are you specifically on one trail or are you on your trail mix i'm on trail mix and houndsman okay so if you're in the houndsman mm -hmm. that means recently nobody's posted near you mm -hmm. in that area um but it's going to pull in your state and then 150 miles. It's 150. It might even be 100. I can't remember exactly. Gotcha. So, um, but all right, we'll go back to the trail mix. Or, you know, so you're on the trail mix now. We're going to go over to the home button because this oh. is a totally different concept. And when people tell me it's complicated, this is what I think they're usually talking about because the concept doesn't exist on other platforms. So you have your profile at the top. You can scroll down and see all your content if you want to see if something's posted or, or uh, you can get your share link here. You'll see that under your name. The share link is, you know, you have a custom link that you can send to your friends. So when you hit invite friends, uh -huh. uh, you can a couple different ways. It'll give you 
the share sheet that kind of uh, shows you all the ways you can share. Um, you can load in your contacts from your device and invite those people, and it's going to send your link. And what happens is if they download GoWild, you get points for them joining, which is going to be how you unlock those discounts on those Garmin's, you know. So right. uh, sharing the app is a, a really great way to get some easy points. Um, you know, we have your settings there, which is all the things you would expect, uh, you know, be able to customize your profile. Um, add gear. So this is something you asked me about before we started, so all I'll right. talk through this. Yeah, and get me to it. I'm at home. Okay, if you're on home, uh, under, under your bio is the add, yep. add gear. Gearbox, yep, add gear. Yep, so I'm here. Yeah, so, so your, your gearbox is basically where people can see what gear you, you use. And so, you know, your, you can go in here and add gear, and you can search for anything. And we have, believe it or not, we have almost 600,000 products in the system, and it's still not enough. We're adding more all the time. We're going to be at a million products by the end of the year. Um, but, the, you know, every now and then you're going to run into something that we don't have. If you if you search for a product, it's very easy to tap it and add it to to your uh, your gearbox. It'll ask you, do you want to add this? You can hit my gear or my wish list, which is cool. You know things that you want to keep an eye on. Um, but if you don't have it, you can hit uh, you know custom add or or can't find it, add it here. There's a button at the bottom, mm -hmm. and then you can type in what that product is, and that lets you at least if you've got a product that we don't carry that you really want people to know that you're using because you want to connect with people around it, you can still share that you're using that product. So it'll just kind of walk you through a few screens asking you about that product so that you can put it on your profile. Gotcha. It is cumbersome. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, because uh, you want to have enough information in there that it's valuable to other people. Otherwise, like, what's the point? Um, we tr Again, our best way to approach, like, not having to do that is simply adding more brands. It's a little more complicated than people think. Like, you get into some of the nuanced brands that don't have, like, we have to obviously pull this data from somewhere. Um, and, and we don't just go scrape websites, you know. So, like, uh, you know, it's, First Light is a brand we don't sell, but people ask about, um, you know, we're not a retailer for First Light, so we don't have that data. We don't have an affiliate with First Light, so we don't have data. Um, but, we're, again, we're rapidly working to fix that this year. We've got a lot of new technology that's going to be rolling out starting in the next few weeks that will start to, like, like here, by the end of June, we'll have added 40,000 products that we don't have currently. Nice. So, like, this, the pace is getting ready to go a lot faster because the technology is catching up to where we need to be. So I'm pretty excited about, you know, that. And those are going to be products you can purchase. That's not just products that, you know, we have data on. So um, a couple more things on the home screen. You have your community, and this is all the engagement with people you follow. Sometimes it will ask you, like, hey, so-and-so has a question uh, because it has identified you as someone who might be able to answer it. So if um if go the algorithm thinks that you could help answer a houndsman question that was fly like when you post you can flag a question i'll talk to that in a second um you might notice that in your com uh, your community it could be that someone commented on your post if someone upvoted it, it's basically a like on facebook that just uh, means they hit the little fire icon mm -hmm. uh you have direct messages which are obvious what those are and then you have rewards so this is a big one um as you post on go wild and you know, post your trophies as you leave gear reviews, um, which I'll tell people, like, do not go leaving bogus reviews because we will delete you <laughs> uh, right. if you stay with that. Um, 
But, you know, leave real reviews, leave real content. We love that. If you're doing that and building up points authentically and contributing to the community, that's the biggest thing. People that contribute to the community, we, we love seeing that. People that come in and try to hack it just to get a discount, we delete their butts real quick. Um, so, you know, on the rewards, though, once you do all this stuff, it's going to load on your reward screen. Like right now I'm looking at I have $50 off a Deemer box. which right, is wait a, a second. Outdoors. Get me to there. I've messed it somewhere. So if you're on the home screen, home screen, uh, and you oh, craft yep. a tray, yep. it's like a little tray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Got so it. it says my rewards, yep. and then uh, it'll tell you how long until your next reward. Like mm-hmm. right now, I've got uh, I'm a I'm a few. It looks like I'm a few thousand points away from getting a ten dollars off coupon. But right now, in my rewards, I've got a fifty dollars off the Deemer box, which is an outdoor speaker. It's an awesome deal. Um, you know, so you can save uh, off these these speakers that float perfect time for summer right so nice. uh, that, that, that's where your rewards will load into they they come in all shapes and sizes this does change from time to time uh you know we, we we will launch a reward see how it does if it gets claimed a lot and it's popular we'll leave it if they aren't popular we change them out so um that's kind of the fun thing too because a lot of times if we add one we'll backdate it so or, or back fulfill it so if it was for 7,000 points and you're at 10,000, you'll, you'll probably unlock that new reward. Yeah. I've got a hundred dollars off a of Garmin. Um, zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, and I awesome know that zero. I told you earlier that I've had several of my, of my buddies come to me after they've signed up and they've got really good discounts off the, the TT, the new TT 15 X. Um, yeah, which are, there, there's yeah. 10%, 20% off coupons that get unlocked along the way. And if you're smart, you'll use those on those big ticket items. You yes, know? absolutely. Don't go blowing your 20% off on a t-shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So uh, let me pull it back up here. Um, so announcements is in there. That's like announcements from the app. We do a fun trivia thing on there now that's super popular. Yes. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, you know most of this is like got your wish list and stuff, so you can kind of, people can kind of scroll through. We won't spend too much more time talking about the home tray. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'll talk about the post button real quick. So there are multiple. This is going to change soon. We're going to improve this to make it a little less cumbersome. But right now, you can log time, you can uh, enter a trophy, and you can create a post. So log time is essentially saying like I spent you know, five hours scouting today or hunting prep, uh, or, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of different options in there. Um, you know, smoking barbecue, whatever it is, and you get points for those and the points vary depending on what you choose. Um, again, don't hack the system guys. Uh, we're, we're smarter than that. We're going to find you, <laughs> Yeah. but you know, if you're sharing real stories, we love that. So this is a great way to build points for your time outside. If you just got back from a three hour hike, you can share that story, you know? So, um, that's a great way to build up points. Your trophies are your best way. So if you guys have bears that you've treated and freed, you're going to get 500, 600 points at a time a lot of times with those bears. Nice. So uh, just keep your stats accurate. You know, don't go loading, logging a 500-pounder on a bear that's obviously like 100 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, when you tag gear and all that stuff, that's all going to build up to get you those discounts that everybody wants. So, um, and then you can create a post. And then one thing I want to call out for your audience real quick when you post you can tag gear on Go Wild, which is really cool because if you're using a Garmin uh, with your dog and you tag that product, 
now all that content is starting to build up on that pro product when you look at it. So when you go to a product, you can actually see that product being used in the field. Um, it's, it's basically like a photo tag on Instagram, but we pull in way more information about it. So, you know, there's, we're starting to even pull in like what species something is most used for. So, you know, that if uh, a, a fishing lure, if you're not sure what it's used for, it, it might tell you that this is most commonly used for largemouth bass. Uh -huh. um, you know, a lot of the hunting products, uh, a rangefinder might tell you like, this is really ideal for this specific species, deer hunting, or this, this scope is most popular for elk, you know, whatever it is. So, um, pretty cool. Uh, and then there's an ask for recommendations. We might be changing that to ask the community soon. Um, but the, the, the gist of it will be the same. When you tap that button, the algorithm goes and looks for people to help you. I did this the other day on uh, before a turkey hunt. I, I hadn't really evening hunted turkeys much, and I posted looking for advice. And this wasn't like I'm going four days from now. This was like, hey, I'm leaving in a matter of hours. And in a matter of hours, I had four or five comments that were paragraph long, and I, I built my entire hunt off of the tips from that, and it actually worked. I got the bird in. I just totally screwed up. Longer story that I'll, than I'll <laughs> be able to share today. Um, but I had, a, I had a big old... Tom come in with two hens right to my spot based off what I learned off using that feature. So, um, check that out a little bit. So when you hit the shop tab, um, you, you'll, you'll have categories and these are ever changing and we're, we're building in more all the time. I'll, t I'll tell you guys, uh, this is a little insider information here. One category that we are working really hard on, and we've been working with the Houndsman XP guys to understand better, is the Houndsman category. A lot of you guys have been joining after my show with Chris and asking for brands. We love that because we, we are listening. We're going out and trying to find those brands and figure out how we can get them into the system. Mm -hmm. So you know, keep, keep sharing those tips. I do hope by the end of the year we've got a Houndsman category on here. Right now, we just don't sim we simply don't have enough products for you guys yet. Um, you know, you can go in and search for the Garmin's or some things like that. Uh, we have some kennels that some of your audience might be interested in, but we're, we're still working on building that out. But you can go through, scroll through categories. You can search products specifically. And uh, if you've ordered anything, you can tap view my orders, and then that's going to pull up all your details of everything you've ever ordered on GoWild, which is pretty nice because you can quickly check on something. Uh, you know, you can tap order details, and then that's going to pull up, like, uh, if you have questions about your order, you can email our team from there. You can ask for refunds or whatever it is from that page. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm scrolling through it right now and looking at the the dog the dog train and stuff. So nice. And then I want to go back just one. Let's see. Post and where it says log time, and you said you you made a comment there. You if we come out and we run into an experience or something, that's where you want us to put that. Yeah, man. Uh, like dog training is one of the things you can do on there. Um, if you guys are out just hunting, you know, I get some requests. People are like, I want it to say elk hunting. And I'm like, well, I can't do that because now the squirrel hunters are going to want it. And then like some things we have to keep semi-generic. Um, but, you know, there's going to be things I think your group will find in there that are, are really relevant. Uh, you know, the the dog training is one of them. Hunting is another one. Um, you know, there's camping, there's bird watching, there's all kinds of stuff in there. Uh, archery practice, bee, there's even beekeeping, uh, mm -hmm. you know. So um, anytime you do any outdoor activity, we want you to come back and share what you learned with the community. So the time log is our incentive for you to do that. You know, you're going to come back and you, you get to 10,000 points you know, a couple hundred points at a time. Right. So it's not like you're going to unlock all this great stuff immediately, but if you're just, you know, coming back, sharing your story with the community, 
engaging with community, you know, over time, you're going to really build up your points through that time log. I mean, everything you do on this app is, is there is a, there's a, there's a, um, you're going to earn points. Yep. I mean, basically anything you do, you post a trophy, you get points. I mean, I was just looking at mine. I got, you know, 200 for the turkey and 150 for this and 145 for that. I went on gear review, all the gear, and I've and I've tried to be as bluntly honest as I can. Some of the stuff that I yep. use, I really like it. Some of it, there's got some flaws in it, but it's the flaws for the the purpose that I'm using it for. Um, it may it may work better or different for you because you may be using a different application. Um, yeah, so I mean, everything on here allows you to gain points, and if you gain points, which builds up discounts to buy those Garmin tracking systems to buy that you know that that crate for the dog or fishing poles or whatever whatever it is that they, they're wanting to buy it, it allows you to to invest a little time in the community to build points so it benefits you yep totally yeah brad is there anything else that you think we should add or we skipped over um that on the the, the platform like i said I've been fooling with this and just listening to you, I've picked up two different things that I had been skipping out on. And that's the logging time. Um, you know, I, I'm logging quite a bit of time on the on the, the river right now fishing and I haven't ever put it on there. Like I didn't do it. Yeah. Um yep. so Well the one thing I'll mention is the the houndsman uh XP guys can go in and log time for listening to podcasts. That is a an incredibly popular feature. It's good for you guys because people are advertising your show for you. But if you hit that time log, you know, the, they can earn points for listening to podcasts. And, you know, one of the coolest things I see out of this is uh, one of our guys who actually started as a member in the, like one of the first 500 people on the platform, Derek Tolls. Um, he was on the platform for years and we actually hired him. He works for, with us now in the warehouse, shipping out a lot of the rewards and stuff and handling a lot of the logistics. And Derek shares some incredible content on there. Um, you know, posting about things he learned from shows. So if your guys go in and tap outdoor podcasts as a time log, it actually pulls up a unique screen where they can look you guys up and just type in something. And I see, you know, your two feeds here and they can tap, you know, I'm going to tap into um, the sportsman's empire here. And I can see uh, the last show here, the truth with Steve Burkholder and all of the shows are going to pull in right there. So you tap what show you listen to and it pulls in the artwork and how long it was. And then you can tell people, you know, a little bit about what you thought about the show and share it and boom, more points, man. Yeah. I mean, and that's a really good feature because we always want feedback. You know, yep. we, we always want feedback on what we can do better, what we could change, um, you know, what the, what, what the listeners are interested in. So that, that's a great, that's a great thing. And I will be taking advantage of that for sure. Just like I'm taking advantage of my 20% off of some of the items that I want to, that I want to purchase. Um, there was something else you wanted to go over the send it, slam it. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I just wanted to let your all's audience know about send it, slam. Um, it's an outdoor festival that we are hosting on July 9th. Um, we actually have partnered with black rifle coffee on this. They're, they're the presenting sponsor and they will be there. So they're going to have a booth uh, set up on the, the waterfront there with us. And Send It Slam is, it, it's a little bit of everything. So it starts off that morning with an optional 3D archery competition. That'll start off at sunrise and run through lunch. And people can shoot solo or they can shoot with the team. You know, you can go in and get your archery ticket uh, at senditslam.com. It's $75 to compete. 
but that includes the concert. So, you know, that's pretty competitive price to like attack or something for one, one shoot, uh, one course mm-hmm. and or one day rather. And you're getting a concert on top of that. So I'll talk about the concert in just a second. Um, but we're going to have bear archery is sponsoring this. They're giving away a bow as a part of the a prize for the archery competition. You know, if you score a certain amount, uh, you'll be able to get entered to win the bow. We're going to be giving away Garmin zeros. We're going to have all kinds of prizes over there, probably close to 10 grand worth of prizes. Um, so if anybody's interested in the archery side, that's going to be super fun. You'll, you'll shoot about 25 targets, maybe more. We're, we're evaluating that, but at least 25. Um, it's 10 minutes from the Louisville waterfront over at the sporting club at the farm. And so, uh, you know, once you finish, you'll come back over to the Louisville side. And on the Louisville side, um, around noon, we're going to have a go wild meetup slash. I think we're going to end up doing some kind of live podcast recording there before the concert starts. So you can come out, you can meet other go wild members. You can get lunch. We'll have, uh, five food trucks there throughout the day. We're going to have two craft breweries there, some of Kentucky's finest beer. Um, we'll have 20-some brands set up. We're on pace to have that number right now. One of those is Black Rifle Coffee. Bear Archery will be there. Um, you know, we've got a lot, a lot of local like leather makers and you know craftsmen uh, that will be there, too. And uh, the Boy Scouts are going to be there teaching kids marksmanship so your kids can come and learn to shoot. Uh, uh, there'll be BB, BB guns they can shoot. That, that nonprofit I talked about, Raising My Doors, is going to be there teaching kids archery so they can come and get free lessons from either one of those. Um, the, uh, the concert will kick off at 2. It starts with uh, Dalton Mills and then Dave Shoemaker. These two guys are guys I know from my hometown. Um, they both live in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. They're both amazing songwriters who are – really getting into the festival circuit. Um, Then we move into uh, Abby Hamilton, who is an amazing songwriter. She's coming out of Kentucky right now, and um, you're not going to want to miss Abby. Uh, She she is going to be – next year, we want to be able to afford Abby to get her at this thing. I'm telling you, she's going to be the next big thing out of Kentucky. Um, Justin Wells is playing, and if you guys like Chris Stapleton, you will love Justin Wells. Uh, this dude is amazing. He's a longtime Kentucky songwriter. He's really well known in this region and respected by other musicians. Um, he, he's played with a ton of big name bands and um, re- really has been on the music scene for a long time. And then the night will close down with Cole Chaney and Wolfpin Branch, which is his band that he's playing with. Mm-hmm. Cole Chaney, if for anybody that's really into like Tyler Childers or Sturgill Simpson, Chris Stapleton, um, Zach Bryan, those kind of guys are going to love Cole Chaney. Um, you know, actually, Sunday Best is a group that a lot of people know. Um, you know, uh, Cole, Cole kind of came up as uh, being mentored by um, some of oh, sorry, got an alarm going off. Um, Cole came up being mentored by some of these guys uh, from Sunday Best, you know, Nick Jamerson, who's a friend of mine. So Cole Chaney's going to blow the doors off the place at the end of the night. So, Come out. It's going to be fun. You will not regret it. Tickets for the concert alone start at $30. $5 of that goes to, uh, to Raise Them Outdoors. It's a fundraiser, too. And then uh, $5 of the archery tickets will also go to Raise Them Outdoors. Um, we're hoping to raise ten grand for uh, Raise Them Outdoors to be able to do a full camp for them. So hopefully uh, we, we can make that happen. Um, and then there's a VIP ticket that's available as well, and that's going to get you into the VIP tent where you can kind of get out of the sun a little bit. Get you got a private bar, you can go get a canned beer over there. Um, you can you have a special section of the the upfront you can sit at. So uh, those tickets are 55 bucks, which which is worth it for the concert poster alone. We'll be releasing the concert poster after Memorial Day, and uh, it's going to be one you want for sure to remember this event. 
And what, when is this taking place? Did you tell us the date? July 9th. Yep, July it's July 9th, 9th mm-hmm. so the weekend after July 4th. Um, we have, from what I've seen, the biggest concert going on in Louisville that weekend. Louisville's an awesome town to do a weekend trip. It's This is going to be a very family-friendly event, first of all. So if you got kids, kids 12 and under Bring get in them. free. To, yeah, 12 and under is free to the concert. And then, um, you know, I'll, I'll just tell your audience now, if they use code BUDDY5, they can save five dollars off any ticket, so um, you know that that's a nice little tip there to save you a few bucks if you're buying some some tickets for your teenagers and your spouse. Um, but the, you know, Louisville is in itself is one of the best food towns in the country, and yes. I'm not saying that just because I live here. Um, you know, Chicago Magazine, Southern Living, um, yeah, all these food magazines routinely identify Louisville as one of the best uh, places to eat. I tell you what, only like really only New Orleans has ever competed for me in terms of food. When I travel, I'm usually disappointed. Uh, we'll go to <laughs> Vegas for SHOT Show, and we'll blow. You know, we, we went big one night and spent like $400 at a, at a steakhouse because that's very easy to do in Vegas. And I'm telling you, man, it's not as good as Louisville. Louisville yep. is just the best place in the world to come eat. If you got kids, we got tons of stuff to do here for kids. we got a lot of these things listed at SendUsLam.com. We've got hotels listed there. Uh, you can make a very affordable vacation out of this trip uh and it's going to be five hours like if you're within five hour drive it's worth it if you're not within five hours i think it's still worth it but you know i understand that it starts to become a little bit bigger of a commitment um but it's an awesome weekend town man and yeah. i don't even have to mention if you're a bourbon drinker yep, you know that's right 98 of the world's bourbon comes from an hour drive of louisville so you could really spend that sunday going to these distillery tours um and and you could see three of them in one day you know it's really cool yeah, we've um I've been to two or three canine seminars in Louisville and we we enjoy the food and you're right. We we've taken several of those tours and stuff. It's it's a good it's a good place. It's a good environment. Um yeah, I encourage anybody that can go should go. That'd be a good weekend trip. Yes, sir. Yeah. Brad, I really appreciate you taking the time to break some of this down. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um like I said, we we are glad to be partners with you guys for the time being and hopefully this this relationship just continues to grow so at the end of every podcast we leave it with a saying and brad i hope you um i hope you find your way to teach train and learn thank you sir thanks for having me all right